Hello F1 fans and welcome to F1 On and Off the Track with Kim Illman. You can see his photos at ProStarPix.com, read his latest F1 blog at KimIllman.com or follow him on Instagram at KimIllman. My name is Adrian and in this episode we're talking about the British Grand Prix that's just happened over the weekend. How are you doing, Kim? I'm much more relaxed now. It was a hellishly busy weekend. One day I think it was 14 and a half hours at the track and the others were all minimum 12. So... Uh, good results, though. Plenty of photos and, uh, well, Lewis won, but that was uh, probably on the cards. And he celebrated long and hard with his fans after the race. First thing, how was the weather throughout the race? Weather, weather. Uh, yeah, I, I wore jumpers on two days and jeans on the race day. So that's a very unusual thing. Coolish. But then it also became warm at some stage late in the afternoon on race day. So all over the place, a bit like Melbourne. Well, we've got plenty to talk about this episode. So let's start with... The, the driver's trying out a different sport with David Croft. Cricket on the track. This was Thursday media day, and uh, I, think, I think it was all teams. Certainly, I, I caught about half of the teams out there. Both drivers would come out. Each driver would face two or three balls from uh, David Croft. Then they would go and uh, fire T-shirts into the crowd. Daniel Ricciardo, obviously a cricketer. He could play. Well, he's not a great cricketer, but he could at least um, hold a bat and his, his teammate, Nico Hulkenberg, wasn't quite so good with the cricket bat. But, yeah, Daniel had a bit of fun with it and uh, hit a six into the crowd. Nico hit a couple of balls um, over the bowler's head, so he, he wasn't completely useless with it. Charles Leclerc, he didn't have much my, uh, idea at all, and uh, neither did Sebastian Vettel. But a, a good stunt. Lots of people in the stands on Thursday to watch this. And I think it went on for the best part of at least 90 minutes with drivers coming and going, and then they do some autographs in pit lane straight after so uh yeah it was a little bit unusual and good to see yeah i really like that who performed the best would you say oh look i only saw about six or seven of them uh, daniel because he obviously comes from a cricketing background but i imagine maybe lando norris might have been okay being a pom but yeah certainly any of those european guys who've never played the great game would have really uh struggled i don't think any of them even knew where to stand or the fact that they had to protect their wickets but that's being the, the primary goal in the game now there was a moment where a williams engineer was posing with a car from last year can you tell us a story about that yeah on wednesday afternoon i, I went to the track and normally i don't go on wednesday afternoons because a there's nothing happening and b i'm probably still in transit but i got in early and had nothing better to do so i went out to the track and i found that they were setting up for a, a shoot with three cars from the three British-based teams, uh, following on from the announcement that uh, the Silverstone race had been granted a five-year extension. Mm. And I was out on the track, and they'd parked this Williams across the track. Now, it wasn't this year's Williams. It was last year's Williams. And it didn't even have an engine in it. But it did have a gearbox. So uh, I did spend some time talking to one of the mechanics about the actual car itself. And I convinced one of the guys to lie down in front of it and... Uh, pose sexily for the camera <laughs> and if you have a look at uh, my did i i don't yeah i used it on my thursday blog mm. so uh, yeah it's a lovely photo and he got a lot of comments from his mates and it just looked great and then afterwards we had chase carey and uh, two of the other british um event organizers come out and do a, a three shot with the cars behind which was nice also early on it seemed like an artist had presented lando norris with a, a beautiful painting of his number four mclaren yeah, now, I've had this before where a, um, an artist will take a picture of mine, uh, produce a, a painting of it, and then sent me one as a thank you, and then um, sent a few, uh, obviously produced a few others to sell on the open market. But this 
this fellow now is, I think his name was David, and it's certainly in my Thursday blog had done a magnificent rendering of uh, someone else's picture of Lando on the track. He said it took him over 100 hours, and then he produced a handful of prints as well as a couple of um, versions of it in paint. It was an impressive piece, and Lando signed a number of them for the uh, particular artist and uh, had, had a great interaction with him and asked a few questions about how he did it. And um, yeah, I, I was once again impressed by the talent involved with these people and also the lengths people go to uh, to do this sort of stuff. And I'll jump straight ahead to something that happened on the Saturday where um, a girl by the name of Dunker, who I had met previously and had been a great spotter for me during Abu Dhabi testing last year, I would be running around the paddock. There's very, very little happening at testing. And uh, she would be my eyes and I'd walk past her and she'd say, right, well, Kimmy's gone in over there and Seb's over there because she's an absolute mad fan and particularly a fan of Sebastian. So she made him a cake in the shape of his helmet. Okay. It had all of the logos perfectly in position, and she brought it to the track. She wasted, she waited almost all of the day to catch up with him, and eventually Britta, who is uh, Seb's press officer, managed to get it into the paddock, which is no mean feat, because you can't just sort of say, oh, can I come in for a bit? You have to have a special pass, etc. Got her into the paddock, got her into the uh, motorhome, and then had a one-on-one -on -one shot with Seb being presented with this beautiful cake. So um, that was another episode there. So that's another example of people going to many hours of work, camping out at the track in the hope of getting to present it to their uh, idol. And, and Seb was pretty impressed with it too. And in fact, I think they shared the cake amongst uh, the mechanics. Excellent. I hope the cake was a, a tasty treat for the mechanics then. It certainly looked beautiful. Now, I know a few of our listeners have come to us after watching the uh, the Netflix F1 series, and I believe you got some photos of them actually in a shoot. Yes, they were focusing on Lando Norris on race day, and they were inside the McLaren motorhome uh, shooting Lando as he was lunching with his family and his management. And they had a two-camera uh, crew, they had one audio guy, and I was actually up there to document the behind-the-scenes stuff. But they spent a good 30 minutes with him, I reckon, and... Um, I am so excited to see what that looks like when it ends up getting to television because it will be out um, towards the end of the year. And they are, I see these guys at every single race and I have a chat with them occasionally and say, who are you focusing on today? And they'll tell me what's going on. And um, yeah, it's, it's a great documentary. And I think a marvellous um, collaboration between Netflix and F1 because I think both parties get equal value out of uh, this particular show. And if you've not watched it, I would recommend you do so. It is an absolutely beautifully filmed piece of uh, television. And also, and I don't know whether many people would actually know this, that the um, sound effects guys have to work their bums off because they take the vision from um, the on-track stuff and when there's a crash and they go and um, tart it up with some lovely sound effects in the background. And you don't notice really that it's there, but if you took it away, you would notice that there was a tremendous difference between the two offerings because you don't get those big bangs and crashes when you're watching that on TV because the audio is never that good mm. uh, that you pick up all that stuff. Now, I want to talk about celebrities. I feel like I should almost have a segment called Celebrity Watch here, but there were quite a few there, it seemed, and quite, quite a few big ones. Yeah, there were, and it's very hard because um, you're one person, the paddock's big, 
you hope to see these people. And in fact, uh, this race, I was given a heads up on a lot of the celebrities there. So who did I see? Saturday afternoon, I was um, hanging around the FIA garage waiting for drivers to come out after qualifying. And <laughs> Will I Am walks past. Now, I only recognised him and he was with two guys in colourfully dressed outfits and uh, some of the comments on um, Instagram after I posted the three-shot picture were hilarious about Are these guys homeless. Are they wearing that for a bet? <laughs> because they were certainly decked out in some crazy kit. But I love Will I Am, and it turns out his other two mates were the two-thirds of um, the Black Eyed Peas because mm. Fergie's left the band. So they were walking um, towards me. So I just went into reverse mode and, and followed them for about probably a hundred meters, snapping snapping away wide and uh, tight. And they were sort of doing a rap and having a great time. So I was thrilled, and I think I was one of only two or three photographers there because everyone else is out on the um, the track getting the shots of the top three podium place getters. And I wasn't interested in that. I like to get the, the behind-the-scenes shots. Mm. So uh, that was Saturday. On Sunday, I saw... Oh, remind me, who did I see? There was another musical act, Mumford & Sons. Yes, uh, Friends of Daniel Ricardo's. Look, quite frankly, I wouldn't have known them from Bar of Soap, but um, realised when they were hanging around that they were important and um, put two and two together. Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta-Jones were there, although I didn't see them. Uh, and I did photograph him last year, I think, at the British GP and also the year prior in Canada. Oh, Daniel Craig, the big yes. name, did a great um, promotion. James Bond organisation did a promotion with uh, the Red Bull team because of the Aston Martin link and the James Bond always drives Aston Martins. Okay. And they had the drivers dressed up in these beautiful-looking dinner suits, James Bond-style dinner suits, and that was their uh, race suit for the day. And he, he was, uh, I caught him coming in, and then he was out on the grid. And it was funny because they had a woman running ahead, give him some privacy, give him some room, please. And she was just uh, ushering photographers away, which um, never really works. It, it sort of dissuades us a little bit but once one person goes forward everyone goes forward because you don't want to miss out on the shot so he was great and my gosh he looks buffed of course he got a movie coming out shortly and uh, in terms of promotion i thought it was a really good one for them a great tie-in worldwide audience uh, just looked fantastic there was a, a boxer can't even tell you his name a heavyweight boxer he was there there was uh, a comedian a very popular british comedian and his beautiful girlfriend so, um, yeah, the um, British race has always been good for celebrities, I think, because it's not too far from London. If they're in town for whatever, um, they would consider an invitation to come out to the uh, to the F1. Although, bear in mind, on the day, there was the Cricket World Cup final, which England won yes. uh, in um, spectacular circumstances. And there was also the final of the men's event at Wimbledon. So there was a, it was a big sporting day in London for the country. Was there a lot of celebrations going all around? For what? Just in general, with the, the win of the Cricket World Cup. Yeah, well, I, I was in the media centre editing after the race when the uh, tennis was decided. Uh, but more so, there was this huge roar when uh, England won the World Cup because it was about... I was actually leaving the track and there was probably about 15 people standing around one of the offices of uh, one of the FIA people. And, uh, of course, I, I nearly... Well, I, I nearly get up to where they're watching it. And then there's this huge roar and smiling faces, high-fiving guys jumping about because um well a lot of the guys there are british obviously and it's been a while i think since they've won a world cricket uh, cricket world cup f1 on and off the track is presented by prostarpicks.com stunning f1 photos live from the track 
searchable and downloadable for personal or editorial use. Head to ProStarPicks.com at the end of this podcast. Let's bring it back around to the F1. I believe you had some trouble making it back to Park Ferme towards the end of the race. Gee, very lucky to get back to get any shots because normally we get these shuttles that run around the track. But when I decided to leave my spot about 10 laps from home, I expected to be able to get a shuttle back. Well, I waited for about three laps and nothing. I thought, oh, I'm buggered here. I'm not going to get back. I'm not going to get a single shot. And um, the only way we can do it is pretty much to go through the crowd, which was huge and going to get worse. But I managed to cajole a uh, Mercedes hospitality vehicle into getting me back there. And he drove like a demon. And I got back just in time to catch the first driver coming out of the FIA garage. And I did get some lovely picks in particular uh, Pierre Gasly, who I realised had come fourth. Now, um, I love Pierre, great kid. And he looked at me, and he, I was, I was shooting away at him and uh, put the camera down to have a look in the back, and then I looked up, and he's given me the thumbs up. I've gone, oh, oh, hang on a second, I haven't got the camera up. Go again, <laughs> which he did, thankfully, and uh, I think he ended up using that on his Instagram page. Yes, he did. And it was one of my popular pictures too because uh, he'd been under some pressure and there's some stuff written in the media that... Uh, you know, he's going to get the arse and Kvyat's going to take his spot. But, you know, he ended up fourth. Max didn't end up fourth, but probably Max is very unlucky but with the fact that Seb, Seb ran up his bum and uh, pretty much put him out of contention for a podium finish. But uh, out on the track afterwards, I went out and photographed uh, the podium. But there were so many people. There's, there's no other race that has the number of people in the pit lane trying to get a shot of the podium. So in the end, I got some pretty ordinary shots. And then I hung around for some time uh, waiting for Lewis. because I knew he'd come out. There must have been 20,000 people on the straight 90 minutes after the race finished. And they're all just waiting for Lewis to come out. So he had some commitments. He had the media pen, the TV media mm-hmm. pen. He then had a uh, post-race press conference that he had to do. So about 90, 70 to 90 minutes after the end of the race, he does the celebration with his team in pit lane, which which I photographed, mm-hmm. and then he runs to the fence, and I was aware of this, so as soon as he's up the champagne spraying, I thought, right, well, that's my cue to go and take a position near the fence so I don't miss out. And luckily, he came to probably three metres from me, climbed the fence, and he's very agile, and this is um, something you don't want to be involved in if you're my age, trying to climb a fence, <laughs> so I didn't even bother. But there were photographers everywhere trying to get up on this well, what would it stand three metres off the ground easily? He's standing on the top of the fence and um, I'm shooting up from virtually right below him. But uh, it wasn't the shot. The shot, in fact, one of the other guys that uh, I sat next to on the weekend said that he, he rang his wife and said, right, I want a ticket to the paddock club because she had some sway there. So he's managed to go up to the paddock club, which is on the first level, shoot Lewis with all of the crowd behind him. So a nice shot. Mine was... Um, just okay. I wouldn't be writing home about that one. But yeah, exciting to see him really entertain those people who had waited a goodly long time for their idol to come out on the track. Now, F1 is a pretty serious race once the once things get going, but I know that the, the people around it like to have some fun. Uh, there's a moment where Charles is being tickled by someone else. Yeah, that was uh, team boss, Mattia Bonotto. And uh, I, I've seen this before last year where the Maurizio Riffabeno was uh, team boss last year. He's come up behind Charles while he's being interviewed and uh, twisted his ears and uh, it caused a great reaction. So I could see Charles talking to someone, actually doing a, 
I think he was just signing an autograph or doing a selfie. So Mattia comes up behind him and tickles him, and it causes him to move away quickly and laugh. Now, you don't get to see him laugh that much in the paddock. He's always calm, relaxed, almost serious like when he walks. Mm. So it was a great moment, and really, you've got to be in the right place at the right time, but you have to be able to see what's about to happen and make sure you're in the right spot to get a shot if that particular thing happens. Another little bit of... uh physical interaction between uh, people was Hulkenberg and Carlos Sainz. Yeah, now, this this was quite bizarre. I had a 50mm lens on, in hindsight, I wish I'd had something much wider. And the drivers were coming up to the um, front of the grid to stand for the national anthem. Carlos was there. Nico walks in front of me, left to right, and he walks past Carlos, who turns around and uh, has a quick chat with him, and then Nico sack wax him downstairs in the tackle area and uh, he reels back carlos reels back but in the background if you look at my photos which i used on my blog you can see lando norris with this crazy funny grin on his face now this was not the first time that carlos had been sack whacked uh during the day earlier on and this is hilarious you want to search this on social media daniel ricardo has uh, come in underneath a tv cameraman whacked him in the nuts as he's being interviewed and then taken off into a garage. So obviously the two Renault drivers have had this pact to um, gang up on Mr. Sainz on race day. It's nice to know that uh, things like this you do in high school continue into adulthood. (laughs) Yes, in front of hundreds and thousands and maybe millions of people. They're not shy. And I love that, that these guys are, uh, are not afraid to show their personality. Yeah, they're not restricted by the fact necessarily that they are on camera. They're still willing to have a good time. Yeah, and uh, if you're in the right... Oh, geez, I would have loved that shot of Daniel racing in underneath the TV camera because he was almost... Uh, well, he stooped over and, and moving at speed to get him. Now, I believe you also had a catch-up with Pierre at the end of the, the day in the race. Yeah, um, I went back to the uh, Red Bull motorhome and I caught up with his girlfriend. I was chatting with her and... Um, I was hoping to get my, my, my dream shot is of her and him catching up for the first time because he would have got a lovely hug, would have been a nice photo, but uh, she wasn't quite sure when and where he was uh, at the particular time that I was there. So I gave up, came back, and uh, as I came back, he was coming down the stairs and I had a lovely chat with him and shook his hand and he was so bloody excited. And I thanked him again for looking across to me and giving me the thumbs up after I'd missed it the first time. But they were a lovely couple. In fact, uh, speaking of readers' wives, and girlfriends. Uh, there was a few there this race. We had Charles and Giada, and I got a shot of the two of them walking not next to each other because that rarely happens. She tends to um, peel off and let him walk alone uh, because he's always pushed and pulled by punters. But uh, yeah, I got a reasonably tight shot of them walking together late in the day. I got um, Nico's girlfriend. It's very hard to get those two together. In fact, I didn't even see them come in because Nico went in the the secondary entrance because it was a very short walk to the Renault motorhome. So I missed him on every day coming in. But, uh, yeah, she's a good sort. Uh, Sunny, or Eglay is her real name. She's from Lithuania. And you might have seen this picture uh, online because I put a – I was impressed with her shoes. She had this fluffy yellow on the back Mm. of her runners. So I took a shot of them from low down, but it entailed me having to lie on the ground and luckily, Mark Sutton, one of the other F1 photographers, was in the vicinity and sent me a picture 
the next day, which I didn't realise he'd even taken. So that's the lengths we have to go to. We have to get on the ground, lie, um, yeah, with, with our clothes in the dirt, effectively, to get this ground-level shot. And, in fact, I did that on race day, too. I was laying down, oh, and on qualifying for memory, yeah, uh, laying down next to the fence to shoot at one stage between the bottom rung, I mean, the, the, the first rung and the second rung of the Armco fence, but on race day... I think there was an op- I thought there was an opportunity to shoot right under the fence and get the grass in the foreground, but unfortunately it just didn't work out that way. I know what I have to do next time. I have to take a little shovel and dig a little bit of a hole on my side so that the back of the camera can get down low enough so it gives me the right angle. But I did work that out. Also, um, back to readers' wives. I got to Valtteri's wife coming in. She smiled at me, and um, Max's girlfriend, Delara who was a tiny young lady, and um, I got her and Kate with a lovely two-shot. And the interesting thing is there that um, the drivers, while they're in the team, they're their own um, closest competitor. So there's, I guess they're always at each other for supremacy in the team, whereas the girlfriends are out there being best friends. So I thought that was a nice shot. Now, I know, Kim, you do up to like 10 posts on Instagram a day, but as a photographer, you shoot many, many, many more. What happens to all those other ones? Well, that's a, an accurate observation because typically, like I just did a, a download of all of my picks off my second card last night, and there was about 18,000 picks over four and a half days that I shot. Now, the vast majority of those get thrown away. I end up with about, well, from this race, it was 1,151 pictures that were worth saving, and uh, almost all of those go up on kimelman.com. So I will... Um, send them from the media centre. Most of those go from the media centre uh, three or four times a day, and they all go up to kimelman.com and ProStar Picks, where people can go and buy them. And then I pick the best of them to do stories on and post them. So typically, um, let's say on, on a Saturday, I'll do probably 10 posts. Some of those posts will have one or two photos, and then two of them will have maybe nine or 10 photos in it. So if you're only seeing my work, via Instagram, you are seeing an absolute fraction of what I actually shoot. And, and um, I would urge you to go and have a look at probably kimelman.com if you're looking for just pictures to um, entertain you or if you want to buy them, obviously, head to prostarpics.com. But yes, we do go through a heck of a number of photos and everyone has to be considered. So when I get back to the media center, it's a matter of just arrow right very quickly looking for something that's interesting and then marking that and then you go back and take the ones you've marked and you do another little quickly uh, go through that lot and make sure that you haven't got any shitty ones in there and uh, then you take them all into Lightroom, edit them and put them up on those two sites so that people can see them. And if you listener would like to ask Kim any similar questions like these, there are some dinner functions coming up. Yeah, and if you're in Perth or you're in Monza, I know they're completely opposite sides of the world. But um, come the uh, Saturday night of the Italian Grand Prix, I'm having a small function for just an intimate dozen or so at uh, La Piana restaurant. And it's an opportunity to come and have a chat about F1. You get a couple of free A3 sized images of your choice from my prostarpix.com site. And uh, it's 145 euros. So you can uh, head to kimelman.com to find details you can go to my instagram page and direct message me and uh, the following thursday back in perth i'm doing another function in uh, the center of perth so dinner functions includes a meal includes drinks great stories a couple of hours talking about f1 
And uh, if you like what I'm doing on Instagram, you'll absolutely love the behind the scenes stuff. Thank you very much for your time today, Kim. I will uh, go and enjoy Nice for a couple of days. I'm off to see Nile Rogers and Sheik tonight, one of my favorite bands. I saw them many years ago in Hong Kong, and uh, I've flown to Nice tonight, especially to go and see them as part of the Jazz Festival. To see any of the photos we've talked about today, head over to ProStarPix.com or KimIllman.com. You can also stay updated by following Kim on Instagram at KimIllman. If you like what you've heard today, please give us a review and remember to hit subscribe to stay posted for our next episode. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on and off the track. F1 on and off the track was presented by ProStarPix.com. Stunning F1 photos live from the track, searchable and downloadable for personal or editorial use. ProStarPix.com. Head there now.